Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, Visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code, RJ Ledesma. For you to be different, you also have to compete. You really have to compete. And the basic principles of doing business offline are still applicable online. Uh, you differentiate yourself via your brand, your pricing. If you go online, doesn't mean that you'll be a millionaire tomorrow. No, mm-hmm. it's it's still something that there's a normal business. You have to invest, uh, and you, if you see that pe- the businesses who make themselves stand out, they make use really well of the things that are available to them. So, welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities along with entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, what are their hacks, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and what opportunities do they see emerging in this new normal, or what I like to call the next normal. Now, is there a business personality or an entrepreneur that you'd like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to have them here on the show. I'd also like to let you know that we are live right now on Kumu and we will be live as well on Lasada's educational live stream. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Lasada. Now, since the beginning of this lockdown in various areas around the country, many businesses have been forced to adapt to digital means. There's a joke that's been going around saying, who has been responsible for your company's digital transformation? Is it your CEO, your CIO, or COVID-19? Of course, we know the answer to that one right now. So um, this pandemic has accelerated our digital transformation, particularly towards e-commerce right now. And I'd like to talk to one of the winners during this pivot of ours going towards e-commerce. Now, online selling or e-commerce has opened up opportunities for many big and small business owners, and it has definitely changed the game. This week and tonight, we'll be hearing from the COO of Lazada, Carlos Otermin Barrera, and Petrus Carbonell, the head of business development. Let's find out how Lazada became a game changer for the local business industry during this time of the pandemic. And please do stick around until the end of the evening. We have a very special partnership to announce with Lazada that we have been cooking up for the past couple of months. So please welcome right now to the front of the stage, uh, my good friends, Carlos and Petrus. Hi, RJ. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Petrus. This is funny because uh, Carlos and Petrus and I, we've been meeting together online for the past several months in different forums. Actually, one of the first persons I talked to uh, during the start of this pandemic was Petrus online on Bounce Back Official. And we talked, we talked a lot over there. 
And I, I, I really like what he shared over there, how they were starting to, to build up their inventory to address uh, new normal issues. And of course, with Carlos on Go Negosha. So guys, yeah. thanks for joining us over here. A lot of entrepreneurs are listening to the show right now, trying to see how they can still leverage the use of e-commerce um, in their own businesses. So um, before we start now, just a couple of things. Are there any key takeaways that you want people to pick up by the end of this conversation uh, about Lazada and how about how it's changed the game and for entrepreneurs who want to come online? Uh, Petros, let's start with you. You've been in business development. You've seen what's happening, the rapid growth online, all the changes. I'm sure you haven't get, been getting much sleep. But what would you like to share with the entrepreneurs listening to us here right now? For me, like, uh, of course, uh, the pandemic has hit a lot of businesses. Um, and uh, for us, Lazada, we've been here to serve the community. We're here to stay. We're here to show the commitment to the country. And what what I would like to tell everybody is to just start. You will be surprised at what the potential is. So don't be afraid. If you're not yet online, uh, just go start now. Perfect. Go start now. And later on, Petros will walk us through a bit more of the success secrets of many people have come online. So if you aren't sure what to do, don't worry. Uh, Petrus will give you a little, uh, some of the hacks that people have been doing uh, to grow their business and scale them uh, on Lazada. Carlos, a few words from you as well. What would you like to be the key takeaways of the people listening here tonight? Yeah, I think uh, this pandemic has been a great equalizer because all of us had to reinvent ourselves, right? Um, so we want to give it actually a, a positive note, right? And, and encourage everyone to try things because no matter who's your like business idol, they also went through a hard time and they, they also had to reinvent themselves. So it's a good opportunity for all of us to challenge what we've been doing and to come back stronger. Uh, we've all been working very hard. We're all tired. We, we've been like doing you know, <laughs> everything possible to, to come back stronger. And I think it's very important to, to use this also as a motivation and to see that um, there's a big opportunity now. And a lot of the things that we're doing before, they can do even better online. So yes. it's really a good opportunity. Exactly. Like, like they say in Chinese, the way G in crisis, there is opportunity. So we're really seeing uh, the silver lining during the situation uh, through Lasada. And, and one of the reasons, you know, I, I'd like to talk to Lasada is, is because you actually launched uh, technically back in 2012 in your first iteration of what Lasada is. But it was particularly during this crisis that Lasada almost became a household name uh, for people because everybody and their mother had to go towards doing e-commerce. But let's take a bit of a step back and look back at 2012 when Lazada was initially incarnated when you first came out. And um, the common denominator at that time was that there was a company called Rocket Internet, which I understand is a uh, German e-commerce startup. A lot of these businesses that I saw emerging back in 2012 came from Rocket Internet. And from what I understand, uh, the business model of Rocket was to take successful U.S. business models and bring them to emerging countries. And that the initial intention of, of, uh, of Lazada was basically to be like, this is going to be what Amazon was going to be, but they weren't going into, into, into smaller countries, into emerging markets. So let's do what they're not doing. Uh, Carlos, you look like somebody who's got um, institutional memory between me and Petros. You look like somebody who's <laughs> got the institutional memory for that. But maybe you can tell us a bit more about the story for Rocket Internet coming from coming from the European side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, when, when I joined, right, it was still a rocket internet company because uh, we only, I mean, there were already other investors, but we only got that Alibaba investment in 2016. 
So mm -hmm. I've been here for a bit more than five years. And when I joined, it was mostly a rocket internet operated company. So they were actually more into the operation side. It's not just like they invested or they launched something, but they also had this type of playbook of how to roll out certain businesses, right? Um, and I mean, being European, they were like the hottest thing in Europe 2012, oh, yeah. 13, 14, because they, they had a lot of great success stories. In fact, um, they were running a lot of the international sales for Groupon, which was the fastest growing startup at that time. I think it's the first startup that was able to hit $1 billion sales. So just within a year, right? So they had like that cloud, right? Um, but what happened, which is super interesting, and particularly in Southeast Asia, is that a lot of the business conventions or a lot of the theories that they had um, had to be transformed because <laughs> you come to a continent like, like Southeast Asia is basically a continent of traders, right? Mm -hmm. And you very quickly realize that being a retailer and buying and selling is not that powerful because it's hard to scale. And you have all those merchants, particularly in the Philippines, right? You have 1 million MSMEs and everyone's selling something. So whenever they hear about Lazada, they're telling you, okay, how can I sell with you? And then you go back and say, no, I'm, I'm a retailer. Uh, so that was a very interesting transformation, right? Like Lazada has to start very, very quickly building a marketplace, allowing sellers and, and pivoting, right? Um, at the very beginning, Lazada was mostly an electronics company. I mean, I'm sure uh, today it's hard to imagine because we have pretty much all types of assortment. But back in the day, it was mostly a company that offered um, affordable phones or computers and laptops. Exactly. Like, That's how I thought of Lazada before. I mean, a few but, devices, right? Yeah, yeah. So wow. we had to completely change the model and start opening up to other categories, creating a platform so merchants could actually sell on their own. Um, we started our marketplace in 2014. So it's a great example of how you need to transform and you need to adapt to the countries that, you, that you're in and, and you need to adapt to the people that you work with every day, right? Exactly. And, and I hope you don't mind I take a step back as well, because if you look at Rocket Internet's, uh, you know, the roster of, of, of startups which they worked with, it was Lazada, uh, Zalora, um, Food Panda, um, Lamudi, Carmudi. Uh, these, I mean, right now, varying uh, levels of success are, are, are very big. And just for the people trying to learn about entrepreneurship, what do you think was that secret sauce that, that made uh, that helped Rocket Internet really kind of grow the pie over here? Uh, was it just a model of them copying what was best in the U.S. and then bring it here? What did you see was the common denominator that, that, that made them good? And what hap what, what's happened to them right now, to Rocket? Yeah. Well, so to be honest, RJ, their overall theory was ideas are worthless. Execution is what matters, right? Um, so it was a very, very clear German execution style. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are pros and cons, uh, but I think what was very, very important was that thinking of really executing, having very clear KPIs and constantly iterating and testing things, right? Um, one of the things you realize in, in markets like the Philippines that are so dynamic is that you need to do a lot of trial and error. And they were very, very good at this. If you look at any of the companies that you mentioned, and I think the success rate is actually quite high, and some of them are going to become some of the largest here. What they were doing is basically every week they had all their goals or the, all their dashboards. They look at the numbers. And if something wasn't working, they change. And when something was working, they doubled down and they went full blast, uh, which is something that all entrepreneurs can really use. 
look at data, try things, and when something works, you go for it. I see. Um, it, which is interesting. You're a Spanish guy working for a German, <laughs> German, uh, German uh, uh, e- e-commerce company. Um, just one more question. What, what made you want to come over here, Carlos? I mean, I'm just curious. You, you were based in Spain. I mean, Rocket was the big thing over there. Did you feel any sort of affinity because we were uh, because of the Spanish-Philippines uh, relations, or, or or was it because it was a, a new adventure for you? What, what what made you come over here? Yeah. So to be honest, and this is something I keep on telling Filipinos, but sometimes they don't realize it. Um, this is a place to be, right? It was so obvious to me being in Europe that I had to come to Asia somehow, right? And this was one of the most exciting opportunities. And when they're pitching this project to you, they're talking about internet penetration. They're talking to you about the growth rates. Um, and it's shocking. You're like, it will be an amazing year anywhere in Europe if the economy grows 2%, right? So you hear these things <laughs> and you're like, okay, I need to go there. Um, and I had some some Filipino friends, uh, some Spanish Filipino friends as well. So it was kind of, um, you know, close, close to my mind and something very near my culture. So I actually started in Malaysia and... I didn't like it that much, right? And I kept coming here because I had some friends in Manila and I, it was like being at home, right? The first time I came, like all the families, people having their beer, being all together. Um, and I, I really wanted to have that opportunity. Uh, so as soon as, as it was possible, I just transferred here. And I've been here for more than five years. Next, a guy named Chef Chris, he must be your friend. He's got a big smiley face as a reaction here right now. <laughs> and, uh, from, oh, from David Abrenilia, hola amigos. Thanks so much for listening to us. And from Tagaluca, Heki, Tagaluba, Heki Yam, he's saying winner. To, I think this is going to be a winner discussion. I'm really enjoying myself even right now. Now, uh, you, uh, I want to go right now to our cum laude from the, from the Escola Nabayan over here, Petrus over here. I did a bit of research on your LinkedIn profile, Petrus. I hope you don't mind, no? <laughs> But Petrus, I, I know that you know when you came into the company. Um, wait, over here from Arvin Azurin, love you, boss. No, sip sip yeah. Thanks so much, over there. Um, can you tell me a bit more? Okay, um, if if you're familiar with it, Petrus, when what was the first pain point that Lasada was initially going to solve when they came over here to the Philippines? Well, if you look at it, no, I started as a customer of Lazada first before I was uh, recruiting sellers, and uh, I started as a customer first. So if you look at the Lazada back then, there are a few things that you'll see. Uh, before, cash on delivery was not always available. So that's one thing, right? So um, at some point, I don't remember when, they enabled cash on delivery. So that was actually my first purchase because I did not have a very high trust on online purchasing back then. So That's one of the biggest barriers here in the Philippines. It's a trust issue. It's not only coming from you. Other people have been saying that the difficulty in developing e-commerce in the Philippines is, the, is a trust issue for Filipinos in, in doing online purchasing. Is that yeah, right? Especially back then. Yeah, I, I remember the first thing I tried to buy on Lazada very clearly. It was a netbook, gigabyte, 10.1 inches, worth 15,000 pesos. No, it was very cheap there. Um, also, because I was trying to sell that for, through a distributorship, <laughs> I, was, I, I tried to do that. But, you know, um, I tried to see how that was doing. And then later on, I, it, I get, got me into buying a lot of things and then got me into the habit. And then later on, you see today Lazada is a mix of a lot of uh, trial and error testing and tech. And what Carlos was mentioning a while ago, right, the, uh, people in Lazada like to trial and error test. And then 
if it, it if it works like COD for example, it's now a big thing for Lazada. So before it wasn't the original. So just to clarify, like um, when when you came to the Philippines, the first one you you start saying is that okay, we can't be the retailer for warehouses because it doesn't work because there's a thousand MSMEs and they don't need you to be retailers. So the pivot there, Carlos, was to do what? Uh, aside from being a retailer, you you move to what instead? We had to open up. We had to create a marketplace, right? So a system where any seller could just sell their goods because okay. they didn't want us to buy from them. They were like, no, no, I want to sell my goods and I want to have my store. So imagine we went from this Amazon style where majority of the times you don't even know what brand you're buying for or you don't have a store to having this, what we call shopping shop, where it was like, you know, mega trading store where they will advertise and they will put a picture of the owner and the kids, right? Because they wanted to make it their store. And that was a complete uh, culture shift, right? We had to empower others. So that, that was super interesting for us. Is that model only here in the Philippines or this marketplace model exists in other Southeast Asian countries? Well, the great thing, right, is when Alibaba acquired us, uh, I mean, we started that business across all the different countries, more or less mm-hmm. similar time, right? And then when Alibaba acquired us, they're the largest company in the world for this, right? In fact, their, their mission is to make it easy to do business. So they really see themselves as, as a very seller-friendly platform and, and a, a platform that basically they started as the largest marketplace because from day one, they were helping these stores and these um, traders in China exporting. So they had that seller mindset, right? I see. And then Petrus, you were saying this is interesting because also if you look at the model um, in Southeast Asia, and I've seen from the previous presentations, many other countries have higher uh, higher trust in doing e-commerce transactions. The Philippines had a low thing, so a lo- lower trust in doing e-commerce transactions. What's the trans- transformation you've seen so far from, in terms of uh, people, you know, you said COD is a big strategy over here. Tell me a bit more about that, how did evolution go? Because, of course, for me, I mean, I, I can understand if I was Lazada, I want to do all cashless transactions because it's easier, it's less headache. So what did you guys have to do to pivot to make sure that, you know, it would be easier to do uh, cash on delivery? Well, if you listen to a lot of stories within the office, no, um, what people will usually say, and I'll quote some of our bosses in the office, they will always say that when Lazada started out, they realized that they had to create industry, a whole industry of e-commerce. It's not just about like the being able to sell and uh, doing that on the web page or creating that app. It was also about like uh, offering the payment options, offering yung, uh, how to deliver. You know, in the Philippines, diba? Like we're 7,000 plus islands, 7,100 mm. plus islands. And delivery is not that easy. How do you start to go from Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao? Exactly. And even oh. if you ask mga, like, uh, like uh, consultants across about uh, how to deliver in the Philippines, it's not easy to pinpoint that. Uh, no. There's a land, sea, and air happening every day. And then you have all these uh, traffic jams. You have all these things that are happening at the same time. Right? So those things um, all together, um, how do you start to get people to get to buy online and raise that trust? So it was a whole industry, a whole ecosystem that had to be built over time. So even now, we're still building. Yeah. You need to build customer and seller expectation, right? Um, at the beginning... Expectation was people will call up a customer care and say, hello, Paul, did you get my money? Because <laughs> the expectation wasn't there, right? Now it's very clear. Depending on the area, when you're checking out, this item is coming in 7 to 10 days, your transaction was processed, here are the details. But at the beginning, 
none of those things are there, right? So people are unsure and they don't know when it's going to arrive. So you need to be building always um, the next level expectation and, and making sure that it's a very frictionless process, that people feel comfortable and, and it's easy. End of the day, we're in the business of, of really delivering convenience, convenience, making it easy to sell, making it easy to buy. Very interesting. I mean, I, I like how we're getting into how, how it's not just about the, the, the payment platform, but really building the whole ecosystem to make sure that it's a seamless experience. And I, so I, the way that I see it is that, you know, it wasn't always green and go from the very start because, of course, there were pivots that you had to make and there were institutional challenges uh, that you were faced. Um, you talked about one of them is the cash. The other one was uh, about, you know, we're 7,100 islands. Right? It's archipelagic. What did Lazada build from 2012 to 2020 in terms of addressing uh, the logistical challenge of having many different islands and being, uh, you know, of having many different islands? Did you start building uh, warehouses? I know that you call yourself the, you're the best for last mile delivery. Tell us a bit more about how you built your own logistics and, and warehouses to make you where you are, where, that brought you to where you are to here today. Yeah, th- thank you for that, RJ, because we always say that in order to make e-commerce happen, we had to build logistics infrastructure and payment infrastructure. Without those two, right? Like what I was mentioning at the beginning, people will send a bank transfer and, and call, hey, did you get it? And there were like 30% failure rate. Sometimes mm-hmm. the money wasn't there. So mm-hmm. all the infrastructure needs to be there. It needs to be talking to each other, right? You need to have API so it's automated. Uh, but it's even worse when the order is processed because then first you need to build that first mile when the sellers are preparing, like who's picking up from the seller or are they dropping off? We have today thousands of drop-off stations. Some people go into their gas station near their house and they just drop off their parcels. It's very convenient. You need to build that type of infrastructure because otherwise it doesn't matter how good your logistics system is, the item stuck with the seller and maybe you have to wait for 10 days until you go there. So mm-hmm. you need to be helping them, right? Then you need to build that that pickup capacity. You need to have enough fleet so you're able to go to all your sellers and pick up every one or two days. Otherwise, the days start piling up and it takes too long, right? After that, remember, we are a platform. So our goal in the Philippines is to partner with everyone, to partner with all sellers, to partner with all companies, logistics, uh, banks. So we had to integrate all these payment systems into our software and integrate all the logistic companies into our processes. So today, when you have an order, depending on the area and the coverage, it automatically maps into our system and says, it's going to Cotabato, here's the logistics company. So we send it to them and they ship it. Okay. So we had to integrate all these iterations with different logistics companies, depending on the area, depending on the rates, depending on the service. Uh, so this, uh, this is something we want to do because we want to make it easy. We don't want the customer to be thinking about it and worrying, not knowing where it's going to go. When you order on Lazada, it shows up at your doorstep, no questions asked. So uh, if, if I was to step back and look at it, you, I, I, I mean, I was looking at some of the articles I read, I researched about Lazada before. You're focused on creating warehouses or buying warehouses. But right now, it's not, it's not really the warehouse because if you look at the essence of the business, it's really just making sure that there's a match. You don't need to, you don't have to be, you don't have to own the warehouse. You don't have to own the logistics company. You just have to be the one to make sure it matches and gets to the buyer as soon as possible. I mean, that for me, that's the new, that's really what the business is right now. Is that correct, Carlos? Yes, 100%. Actually, that's also interesting for entrepreneurs out there, right? 
we're moving from an economy that's very asset heavy. You need vehicles, you need warehouses to an economy that's very asset light because what you need is to integrate. That's why it's such a beautiful business because it scales. The moment that we build all these systems, it doesn't matter if we have a thousand sellers or a million sellers. The systems are talking to each other and things are happening. And actually, most of our warehouses are through partners. And most of them are like smaller facilities, right? Mm -hmm. It's that hub in, you know, Sambuanga. That hub, it's not so much about a huge warehouse because end of the year, you're trying to go into that very, very local footprint, almost barangay level. And, and we don't want to do that. We want to do it with others and to partner with more, more entrepreneurs out there, right? Many of them are entrepreneurs. They have a space and they're doing something else and they lease part of their space to us. I love it. That's a great learning for me. It's really that the ability to scale, especially in this age of digital transformation, and if you're able to create the correct ecosystem for it, is that you don't have to be asset heavy. Because when you're, once you're asset heavy, that's when the business, that's when you can grow the business as fast as you want to grow it anymore. I mean, that's even the same for other uh, delivery businesses. If you if you own the asset, it's more difficult. You you let someone you you manage the different assets. I guess that's the that's the name of the game uh, here nowadays uh, moving forward. Now, aside from that one, one of the, I know that also one other issue that, that, that you guys were having over here, at the very start, it was an institutional barrier for you. It was really connectivity. I mean, internet connectivity. How did you guys uh, address that issue? <laughs> well, we didn't have it, right? I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's getting better, but I think we'll definitely have it in the near future, right? But again, we had to be very creative. If you look at our loading times for the app, it's gone down like 30, 40, 50 times. We had to make the app super light. We had to play around with what loads when you enter, uh, what loads when you click again, what's loading in the back end while you're visualizing. Um, so we had to really optimize the, the app and the experience for the market. That's why when you enter now, the app is kind of simplified. Uh, it's 100% personalized. So it looks at your recommendations. It looks at what you normally buy. So it's really trying to give you the things that you care about. And in the meantime, like the videos and other things are loading. So it really helps you browsing and adapting to your needs. Uh, but with that, that one, to be honest, uh, it's still work in progress. We, we will never be 100% uh, you know, smooth on that. And that's what makes you a good startup, I guess. I mean, it's always still like a good startup because it's a startup mentality which you always need and you keep on iterating over there. And Petrus, some of the, the idea also, many people are also asking, like obviously, it's, it's when, when you had to open up uh, uh, started to become a marketplace, the vetting process became very particular because it's an open platform for people to put everything over there. How did you start to establish that eventually, okay, uh, how do we vet that this is good, this is not good? Because, I mean, you're not dealing with hundreds, you're dealing with thousands of, of people coming online and selling on your platform. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, no. the first thing is you have to take out uh, as much manual process as possible. Right. So one of the things that we're talking about is scale. When you talk about this scale, it's very important to have technology. So when you talk about technology also, like uh, it's it's very good to have that Alibaba technology behind you because okay. they're able to do like a, a lot of things. Right. So um, we do have like AI that checks the platform every day. Every day it sweeps the platform for things that are not allowed, that's are that's supposedly allowed, things that violate the IP rule, for example. Another thing is also you really had to put in very strict policies. Like if this one, if this is a violation, 
uh, then we we impose this amount of uh, penalty points, and then we just really take them if they come out. No, so it's really about the experience of both the buyer and the seller. So again, one thing to really focus on is that as a platform, our customers not just the buyers but also the sellers. Sellers. So both of them we're trying to serve and to to have a very good experience for both. No, so they will coexist with each other. They, mm -hmm. they, the experience has to be good for each other and they be, have to be able to meet. So we're actually one of the best matchmakers in the Philippines if you'd like to think about it that way. Wow, so it would be, be a good dating site pala as well. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. Oh, from uh, Roman Buison saying, Tropang A and Trepia, go brother RJ. Thanks so much for listening, uh, Mr. Roman Buison, uh, to our show here right now. Um, now, having said all this one, I'm very interesting. Um, going back into the story, you had to pivot, you had to reinvent the Lazada model over here in the Philippines to become a marketplace. And of course, there's a rocky start. You start learning all these different things as you, as you, as you build up the COD, as you build up uh, archipelagic delivery systems. But you had your big breakthroughs where you said, finally, hey, uh, this is going to work. I mean, this is this this market because obviously when you do things, Carlos, you know it's A/B testing, it's iterating. You're not sure if the model's going to work. When was that point when you finally said, "Hey, what we did is actually working to our advantage"? When, when did the point come for you guys for for Lazada when it started all coming together? Well, there are some breakthroughs, right? Um, but I completely agree with what you mentioned, and in fact, um, as an entrepreneur, it's so important to try things, but also to to measure your risk reward, right? Um, we were very lucky to have very good investors from early on because there were some projects that we were very disappointed about and that were like, they really costed us a lot of money, right? I think there were a few moments. Um, for a company like us, what's very rewarding is the day that because you have a platform business, sellers start signing up on their own. So there were some days that we started to see like three, four years ago, hey, today 50 sellers sign up on their own. And hey, a lot of them actually were able to sell. So then, you know, or you see a lot of people um, using the platform, giving feedback, or you start to see, right, like your neighbors buying online. So mm -hmm. there are these tipping points, mostly on the seller and the customer side, where all of a sudden you see, hey, it's not us pushing it. Now it's organically working. Yeah. We built our sign-up page, right? And imagine we went from a very curated model where we were signing up every merchant, like calling and face-to-face, Yes, then what, yes. Built a sign-up page, and for the first months, no one was showing up. After three, four months, there were 20, 30, 40 sellers signing up, uploading nice stores. They didn't upload what we didn't want them to upload. They uploaded what we liked. <laughs> sellers were actually selling. Customers liked their products. So we were like, wait, this is going to work because it's really working. <laughs> right? um, and that, that's the beauty of our platform. Like We work a lot with Daniel Jang. He's the CEO of Alibaba. And he always says that it's not your platform. You're like the, you're the gatekeeper, right? You're like the gardener making making it look nice. But at the end of the day, you, you just do it for someone else. You're doing it basically for all these sellers that are selling and the customers. I love uh, Kyle Gavin Lau says, wow, the Lazada bosses are so poggy. Wow, Petrus, Carlos, you have some fans over here. <laughs> over here among the listeners. And I think that the really the big thing here, really, uh, Carlos and Petros, is when you when they start using uh, your your Lasada as sort of like a replacement for the word uh, as a verb. Oh, ilagay mo sa Lasada, di ba? Il Lasada mo na yan, di ba? When people say that, when it becomes a big thing, and I I think that's nice. Kaya, and Liam Diano says, kaya mas maganda magbenta sa Lasada. Eh. Now, 
the other thing also is that when you look at big breakthroughs, I'm also thinking about, and for me, the two biggest breakthroughs which I see coming from Lazada, and from a marketing perspective, because that's where I'm coming from, is that uh, the, the sales days, the, the, the days that you put aside, like the upcoming 11-11 or maybe your 7-7, I mean, that, that for me is a marketing and sales breakthrough because it was never a habit before. Like I, I often compare to, you know, people going to Boracay every year. Uh, <laughs> maybe that happened to you. I mean, maybe you were high school. Because <laughs> that wasn't my, my time. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing. But now it's a thing, right? People have to go there every year. But now, like I said, people have to buy. People have to buy regularly on your on your sales days. And and the other one, which for me is also a big marketing breakthrough, is your idea of of you know live streaming entertainment or shopping entertainment. Those are two big things that that I think is is quite revolutionary. Tell me, was it something that you guys came up with, you picked up, or you you innovated on? Tell, tell me a bit more about that one, Petrus or Carlos. Well, live stream. You know, it's a technology that uh, has been available in other countries ever since. So if you look at like the more advanced markets, uh, live streaming, especially China, that's a, it's already been a huge thing there for years, right? Mm-hmm. So basically what we're trying to do is like to adapt to the, to the current market. And if you'll notice, um, the shift now in e-commerce is basically from being on a transactional nature, meaning people see that uh, I just want to buy something. Now mm-hmm. it's actually lifestyle. So people are not going to the app now just to buy something. Of course, shopping is a big form of entertainment for a lot of us, including myself. No, but um, other things that will give them entertainment, like live stream, is there. So for mm-hmm. us, it's like most of the customers now and the users. It's also what their actions are offline and online. So mm-hmm. they have brought a lot of these uh, um, habits that they've used to do offline, especially now uh, during the this you know these past few months. They've brought things that they've done offline to go online. And that's for us, it's about listening to our customers no? and then adjusting to what their needs are. And how did you, like, for example, I'm just very curious because I'm not a big shopping entertainment guy. But then what are the best practices that you've seen if people do live stream? What have you seen? It's like, okay, these are the success principles to make sure if you do a live stream, there will be a sale. Is there, is there something like that one? Is there a playbook for that as well? I wouldn't say there's a specific playbook. No? And... Uh, a lot of things that are different, it will be different for each seller, especially if there's a particular product. So normally, if we we'll see, like, especially the new sellers, um, the, the thing that I'd say is, like, uh, you don't have to be a big celebrity to do this. Mm-hmm. It, it, sometimes the authenticity of you, um, I, I, we incubated the seller, like, a months back. All they did was to, when they woke up, they would turn on their live stream and then uh, put their makeup, all do their, their, do their, uh, Online. You know, their morning rituals online and then promote a product at the end. And then you'll notice then, okay, uh, after a few months, they're doing really well. Uh, they gain more followers. And, you know, these stories are different for everybody. But, again, the important part is you see what works for you. Uh, doing live stream itself, no, it is just one thing, but there are a lot of things that you can do differently. So you can be authentic, do it yourself. Some would prefer to engage like uh, KOLs, like key opinion leaders there, uh, influencers, and uh, have them promote their products. It also works for them. But uh, the different brands, the different products, I would say that there are different formulas to do it. The important part is you keep on trying, see what works for you, and if something works, just go for it. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and I'm the host of the Asia Tech Podcast. 
Join me as I interview tech thought leaders, investors, and business founders across Asia to get the best insights on how they built their businesses from the ground up. Check out my new episodes every Wednesday at asiatechpodcast.com. All things Asia, all things tech. I'm Stanley Chi from the Underpaid Podcast. We talk about work-related topics na parang nagchichismisan lang sa pantry. It's a pro-employee podcast na relatable sa lahat ng nag-opisina, pumapasok man, petics, o work from home. Listen and subscribe to the Underpaid Podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Kita kids, mga immortal. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Okay. Very interesting. A lot of great tips for those listening here right now who want to sell in Lazada. But the other thing also is uh, the sales days. Those are fun, those are that's a fun, that's a phenomenon. I mean, tell me a bit more about that one. How how, how it was put together? How did it, how it was built up? Uh, Carlos Petrus, whoever knows it very well, I'd, I'd love to hear the story of that one. So actually, the sales days started very early because eleven eleven. It's um it's actually an Alibaba trademark. They've been doing this for a long time in China, right? So um, there was 11-11, and then, of course, in the U.S., you had Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all these things, right? So by proximity, it was like a natural choice for us to start 11-11 because that's what we hope that, you know, Asian customers were a bit more used to that. Um, and it was an interesting concept. It was this singles day. It's a day. It starts for 11-11 because it's singles. like So one yeah. and one singles okay. are actually shopping. Um, so the thing with 11.11 is, and with any big shopping day, it's a way for you to capture customers' attention. You describe it very well, right? It's a marketing execution where you transcend that commercial style. It's no longer about the deals, right? It's about the whole thing. You have a live stream, you have events, you have artists, we have a concert. So then before you realize there's a very strong brand building happening there. And all the brands, all the sellers, like, for example, we have 11.11 now um, in just a couple of weeks. We have more than 50,000 brands and sellers joining. So all of them want to showcase their lowest price of the year. So with that commercial proposition, what happens is that you build engagement. Because before you realize your brands and your sellers care about it, your customers care about it. And we were able to spend on marketing, but not just spending on marketing, but getting all these customers that come was very, very efficient because they remembered Lazada. There was something different. They liked it. They came back, right? As a startup, your number one priority will always be acquiring customers. And acquiring customers on a normal day is difficult because they come, they see a site, it's okay. They like it or not, and maybe they come back. But when you have a very strong hook and it's entertaining, it's exciting, um, you're brand is near all the big brands and you're doing things together, customers really remember, right? And, and it really increased our daily sales after that period. So what we realized is, okay, we have to do 11-11, then we have to do Lazada birthday. So we have to celebrate uh, a few things. And then we added smaller events, which is like our big brands day, or we added like, you know, 
our 12-12 Christmas season for, for the Philippines. Um, so the idea is really we want to time the promotions together with our brands and sellers to come up with interesting things that they can use for relevant times. For example, like for Christmas or during our birthday is mostly focused on brands. So things that, you know, you transcend that, that commercial aspect and you become a brand that's close to them. We have that's all right. these games, all these executions. So it really means something to them. 11-11 right now means Lazada or 12-12 still means Lazada for people right now or going on Lazada to shop. Very interesting. And speaking of the guy who, who gave you 11-11, let's talk a bit about Jack Ma. Now, was, was, I, was, I have a question. Was Lazada actively courting uh, Jack Ma to come over with Alibaba or did he say that, oh, I mean, uh, Alibaba saw the big potential over here in Southeast Asia, which was obviously here, and he said, uh, let, me use, uh, let me use Lazada as a way to come in because they know that Southeast Asia has got growing middle middle income uh, populations, uh, large disposable income. So how's it like? Was, were you going up to him? Was he going up to you? Tell me about the, uh, the courtship. Well, so I think it's, it's actually a good win-win, right? Because it was very clear Lazada was a company that was always fundraising. There were some investors. So there was Tesco. There was a Singapore Investment Fund, Temasek. Um, so there were some professional investors, right? And it was very clear that Lazada was going to continue raising money. And now when you look at Alibaba, it's actually a beautiful business. And a lot of people outside of Asia don't know it so much. And their number one priority is internationalization. So they were really keen to start opening to the rest of the world. If you notice, they had AliExpress, they had Alibaba.com. They had a lot of big businesses from China to the world. But something that they really wanted to do is to localize. They wanted to run a Philippine business. We are a Philippine business, right? Um, they wanted to have a you know, Singaporean business, an Indonesian entity. So it was a very good match. And when they bought Lazada, what happened is that they actually learned a lot about the countries. They learned a lot about how to localize. Um, and they really cared about that, right? Like mm-hmm. our CEO, Ray Alimuro, he's Filipino. He knows the market. He's been here. Well, you're good friends. Yes. They, they care about this, right? They want to have the local leadership and they want to have a local business because that's what's hard to replicate. I mean, in today's world, you can have access to any supply you want in China. But knowing the local taste, knowing how to market, having a good campaign, that's where all the entrepreneurs are great. That's why today Lazada is such a strong business for our local companies because they're just the best at marketing. They have unique products. They, mm-hmm. they adapt to the taste. And that's something that no one can copy, right? So they were actually very keen to, to, to invest and they ended up buying the entire company. Um, so they invested in 2016. They ended buying the entire company 2018 because they wanted that localization. Um, after that, they bought Daras kind of in, in Asia, East Asia and Central Asia. So they really want to expand to other places of the world, but always as a local business, which I think is that's the beauty also of e-commerce. It's a very so, localized business. And, and how, did, how did the corporate strategy of Lazada change when Alibaba came in? I'm sure you were able to leverage all the technology, the AI that they had, the best practices. Uh, and it went into it went into uh, uh, it went into Lasada Philippines. But what what else happened? Also, how did the organization change or the strategy change for you guys? Well, I think it was more of an amplifying, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the pillars were mostly the same. That's actually that's why they bought, right? Because they they were quite aligned. But then they doubled down on the core. Uh, their mission is to make it easy to do business. So they literally opened the app and they started tracking everything. This is how to make it easier. They focused a lot on the process to sign up as a seller, all the tools to run a store. 
how to create your banners, how to have flash sales, this live stream. They focus a lot on the process and the technology to become a seller, right? And then I think that's something that we learned a lot. We were like taking notes, right? Going to China, to Hangzhou, really learning every detail. Because then what happened is that they gave us a lot of advice. So they actually sent um, some some of their executives and we learned a lot about specifics of the business and, and how to make it easy um, thanks to them, right? Thanks. And, and having said that, now let's take a step back right now. Uh, started off as a, what I would call an electronic equipment gadget company, but now, you know, it's, a, it's such a, you know, a, a, a large array of products which are marketing here right now. Petrus, what are the biggest movers right now uh, if you were there in Lazada? Uh, especially now, uh, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, what have you seen the, the biggest movers in terms of products? Well, products are, I mean, if you ask me, like everybody's a winner right now, as long as they wow. start selling. Um, there are a lot of categories, of course, no? especially during the pandemic, the the very beginning, essentials were uh, the biggest winners, of course, because they were the ones that are needed the most. But uh, later on, you'll see that all the other categories are also growing. So right now, I'll be hard-pressed to tell you if there is a single category that is not growing versus last year. Maybe, maybe there are some that will not grow so much, but uh, on the general categories, like uh, general clusters of categories, mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. of them, all of them will be growing uh, in different aspects. Uh, some will be growing faster than others. So food will always be there. Um, even fashion, you'll think, no? So um, if you follow the actions of the customer, so a lot of them are at home. So what do you, what can you bring home? So loungewear, Things you can wear at home, uh, work at home stuff. So I was hoping to see you in your loungewear right now, Petrus. I was hoping to see you in the loungewear right now, but but so there's a lot. But what do you see, Petrus? Because what I'm curious about is that when you look at when you look at what you guys are doing in Lasada, um, if if you you know people have similar storefronts or they're selling gadgets right people are selling gadgets or fashion these different things how do you make them make sure that they stand out and we always talk about unique selling proposition from an offline standpoint i'm sure it applies also online but if you're all selling gadgets uh, online and you're all sellers what makes you now stand what's your usp that makes you stand out uh, online or particularly in the marketplace like lasada for you to be different you also have to compete you really have to compete so that's one thing that we tell always tell our sellers you should be able to compete and the basic principles of doing business offline are still applicable online. Uh, you differentiate yourself via your brand, your pricing. Uh, it's very different. No? And the, the thing that you, you will see that generally, those who invest in their online business and who treat it seriously, they will also be the ones who are doing a little bit better or a lot better than those who do not invest in theirs. Uh, it, again, it's still not a magic. Uh, it's not, still not magic. If you go online, doesn't mean that you'll be... A millionaire tomorrow, no. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's still something that there's a normal business. You have to invest, uh, and you, if you see that peop- the businesses who make themselves stand out, they make use really well of the things that are available to them. So live stream, tools, uh, good pricing. If they're able to go to flashes, there's an investment there. Uh, all their campaigns, if the, all the campaigns that they can join, they always join. So all these things that that they can use if they can go online. Um, those and you do that little bit bit of investment. Those will be the more uh, successful sellers, if you ask me. 
I think what's important, right? Like the biggest winners this year are the local sellers because all of a sudden, this is the level playing field, right? All of a sudden, a lot of people want to support their communities. They want things that are a bit more different. So there are a lot of these local sellers that are creating their... They have very good marketing. They have a unique voice, right? So their storefront, maybe you're selling gadgets, but then you have a different execution. Some of them have like a lot of jokes or they have like some some call to actions, right? Buy now and then you get it in two days. They're very fast to deliver or they have some freebies. They have some promotions. Um, a lot of it is part of marketing, like what you were mentioning, right? They have good endorsers. They have unique visuals. They make their phones. Uh, they have different bundles. For example, some, some of them give... Uh, you buy this phone and I give you this, um, you know, this this case or I give you these headphones for free. So they know the market a bit better. Some even have trends, right? This month, there is this trend or there's this Korean theme. Uh, some even make like some of these collections. So it's important to also market very well and be, um, be very aware of the taste. Uh, for example, we have these flash sales, right? Or these live streams. So some of the local sellers are very good at that because they have a good, influencer that talks to them. They run a promotion. Uh, they have some freebies for their audience. Even when you buy, they put a note in the box. So when you open your parcel, you have a note thanking you and giving you um, their link to their store and to their page. So it's also a lot about communicating and being true to their value, right? And I think that's what Filipinos really care about. And that's what our customers value. I love that. And have you seen also any anything that has changed from the pandemic that that's that's that, that's different now with doing business online? I'm sure that a lot more came online. But what sort of pivot did, did Lazada do right now uh, during this online crisis during this pandemic? Did 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 the services change? Did the type of products change also as well? Um, what, what you were offering online increased. I know that Lazada launched a credit card because I was the host of the of the credit <laughs> card launch. But then, what else have you guys done? The sort of innovations or pivots that you know from you know from the crisis emerged an opportunity. What was that for you guys during this time? Yeah, Petrus launched a few projects. Maybe you want to add and share why we did this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I, what what comes to mind easily right now is no, we have Lazada Fresh. So before the pandemic, we did not have that option to be able to allow sellers to do their own delivery and particularly looking at fresh goods. So now we have uh, fresh items like uh, vegetables, meat, uh, ice cream. No, I mean, those things like we did not have those options before. Now we do. We also right now we have Lazada Med. So we have that uh, initiative now. If you want to look for something online or over-the-counter medicines, you have that option. So there are a lot of things that were uh, launched during the pandemic. So that's one of the ways that we pivoted. We also improved our logistics networks. We've launched a lot of uh, uh, things online now, like uh, the technologies that we've seen. How do we check our sellers? How do we um, talk more with our riders? So these things that we, we have launched during the pandemic. And one thing that we have been constant about is that at the forefront, it is all about the customer. So it's the seller and the buyer. How do we improve that? So I think that has been constant. But during the times where the, there is need, I think those projects were able to show that we are able to pivot, we are able to go with the times and actually serve the needs of our customers. Yeah. Wow. It was very important for us, RJ. Whenever we, we constantly read the market, we get all our seller surveys, we look at what people are browsing, then we need to come up with a solution. 
we realized at the peak of the pandemic, there were three problems. People mm -hmm. wanted to shop their essentials. So personal care, um, food, fresh products. So we launched Lazada Fresh. Then we also grew our Last Mart. People were buying boxes of Last Mart, like instead of going to the supermarket, they were buying up to 40 kilos of all their convenience. Uh, it was unbelievable. They were buying 70 pieces, uh, 70 parcels, right? Uh, some of them even adding like the diapers and everything all together, right? So we also focus a lot on Last Mart. Then people wanted to buy, uh, shop from home, shop safely, right? So they didn't want to touch cash. So we had this credit card launch. We had a lot of wallet executions, both for Lazada wallet, but also for our partners, for GCAS, Paymaya. We had a lot of executions together to give better discounts for our, you know, for our customers. And I think lastly, it has to do with this service, right? We wanted to own trust. And the way to own trust, uh, we made a few changes in terms of transparency, showing to customers how, how to buy, the ratings, but also doubling down on logistics. So no matter where you are, if when you buy, your items arrive in two to eight days, then you start to be able to, to trust it and to replace certain, certain functions with online. Because we want people to just really buy their, their things conveniently through us, right? I like uh, Liam Diana saying here, Ganda ng Lasada Fresh. What a great endorsement over here. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, I got my good friend Marvin Da Silva saying, uh, what to expect in the next few weeks to further make end customers really happy with a total online purchase experience and serve well to remain uh, in Lasada. Maybe the way that I want to put it is that, you know, what, what are the loyalty building strategies you're doing right now, the loyalty building on the platform that's, that's bringing in more and more people? Uh, Petros, what are you guys doing for, for that in that uh, regard? Well, loyalty, you know, um, if you talk about loyalty programs, the best part of it actually is uh, what is your experience? So the wholesale buyer experience, we're talking about the buyer experience. What is your experience? Um, what you can expect for sure in the next weeks, we'll have a lot more investment in the whole experience of the sell, of the seller and the buyer. So that, uh, of course, what you have to look forward to in the next few weeks, of course, 11-11. Uh, it's the best uh, one-day sale you will ever see. And it's going to be the best ever. So make sure to add to cart now. <laughs> Let me advertise a little. Make sure to add to cart now and check out in a timely manner. And that, you know, th those things are there for the, the, the experience. So for me, the best way, you know, even if I, I've been in a, a different industry before this, so it's also retail. And, uh, you know, what the best uh, loyalty program was, it's actually the uh, experience. So if you have a good experience, no matter if you have points or not or something like that, it will always boil down to what are they buying from you and how do they experience that? Uh, what's, what's the experience when buying from you? So I think you can expect a lot more investment from us moving forward on this aspect. Yeah. We, we have a lot of good loyalty plays because we have more brands. We have more sellers. We're getting everything, anything you can think of online. And if there's a brand that it's not there, we're working with them and, and you can suggest to us, right? We're always trying to get uh, more brands and sellers. But end of the day, the best way to drive loyalty is always the selection that people want. We want them to have anything. We want them to find anything relevant to them. It will be online. And second, and I think very important for us is trust. Trust is always the way. If they know what they're buying, they're aware with what they're buying, they get good delivery, it's fast, it's convenient, the payment options are, are good, then people will always keep coming back, right? Yeah. When you talk about trust, I just, something just occurred to me because 
if as trust increases, does it also mean that you get less cash on delivery because people become more trustworthy of the platform? I mean, that's just my my presumption in my head. Petrus, is that what you're seeing as well, or is COD still a big, big, still a big percentage of uh, the transactions of uh, of uh, Lazada? Well, I wouldn't equate the trust equals COD, no, because okay. uh, COD there are a lot of options. There are a lot of reasons why people do COD. So okay. besides the trust issues, they really don't have access sometimes, or it's also because um, you know uh, they they want to control what they're buying. They want to see that cash. There's a lot of things that are going around in that issue. But I would say right now, um, people do people trust on, on e-commerce now? I would say yes, because you look at the number of uh, buyers from offline no, and going to online. So for sure by now, uh, a big percentage of us, if you just look at your like social network alone, um, I don't know, I'd be hard-pressed again to ask anybody who isn't buying from from online now, especially Lazada. So even my uh, grandparents who used to have analog phones but now are using smartphones, they at least add to cart. Of course, the checkout, my my aunt still does that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, add to cart is already something that they know. So all ages, it's something very exciting now. I love that. It's not part of the new vernacular. Add to cart. Then you know exactly where to yeah. go. Add to cart. Um, having said all this one, this is the interesting thing that, you know, about Lasada is that uh, there have been many great success stories coming out of Lasada. In fact, a few weeks ago, I had my show Steve C of uh, Great Deals E-Commerce. And I, I love this story. And I just want to repeat for you his story was that, you know, at the, first, at the start, he just wanted to get rid of his inventory uh, from his store. And he was just so surprised that, you know, when he put his, all, all his inventory was there, then it disappeared. So all of a sudden, he also brought in his own shoe brand, that, which he which he kind of uh, curated and put on 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 a Saturday. and then that disappeared. So really great stories over there. But I was hoping maybe you could share some of these really um, great success stories. I want to inspire some of the entrepreneurs listening here right now. Can you share with me, Petro, some of the stories that you've had over here, where you know they literally grew from let's say one small hardware store to two warehouses. I mean, Steve's got a great story. Maybe you've got more. Uh, over there, aside from just tech and whatever fashion, what are these other things that you, that have really uh, resonated with you in terms of success stories in in Lazada? Yeah, we have a lot of seller stories. No, so some things that come to mind right now is a plus size boutique, for example. Um, they started out uh, selling um, offline. They had like a uh, two shops. Uh, they decided to well, they were catering to like a plus size uh, clothes for women. The niche market. The niche market. Yeah. Yeah, it was a niche market. So you you, you think that uh, the two stalls were already successful. But uh, like uh, this was even two years ago. Two years ago, 11-11, they had 1.6 million sales in one day. Wow. So can you imagine the scale that uh, that has brought them by going online? We have some sellers that have been that have been onboarded just like a few months ago. Um, they started, they were selling um, <clears throat> FMCG goods, uh, various snacks. So they started off uh, 1,000 pesos per month in their first month. Then uh, the next month, they started to sell like 20,000. On their third month, they sold around parang, uh, 10,000 pesos per day. So can you, per day? So, okay. Yeah, per day. So, so that transition from going offline to online is a huge thing. Hardware stores, you were mentioning a while ago, hardware stores, yeah? So it is actually, it might be easier, and it's actually easier to sell hardware stores online. You know, because really? yeah, because the the assortment is for everyone to see, right? Mm-hmm. So 
the thing with hardware stores, right? Uh, you have to have all these iterations, for example, for all the nuts and bolts. All the sizes are there. Uh, you might not have everything available, or if you do, you don't know where to sell them because your target market is uh, within five kilometer radius of your uh, vicinity. Beyond that, uh, they're not your market anymore. So online, actually, you have that market, Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao. And um, to give you an example, the battery that I'm looking for is like an A10, like a watch battery. It's not available in a lot of the offline stores. I've tried to look for it. Um, it used to be available in this particular shop in Raon, if you know that area. But now it's available online. I can buy it from more than 10 different shops now. So wow. you see, you do know if it's going to work. If you have a product that sells offline, you never know if it's going to if if there are other people who want that same item, right? So, I think that's a really good success story for everybody. So just you know, go go online. You put your unique products there. If it the more unique you are, the more chances that you will be the first one on Lazada. So you never Great. know, right? I love that, Carlos. I'm, I'm sure you got some some stories which you want to share about some you know some things close to your heart that really grew. On Lazada, in terms of the small sellers, please share. Yeah, I mean, Steve is a great example, right? Because he went um, from being a seller to being an enabler. And that's why what we try to build is our community, right? Uh, a lot of our partners start as sellers and then they become um, enablers selling for others or they help brands go online. Um, we have a few success stories. Like, for example, Lucky HR is one of my favorite cases, right? Uh, they had a couple of electronic stores in, in the malls. And today, they focus on their online business and they carry more than 30 brands. They are the local partner of some of the largest brands in China because it's not too late, right? Like a lot of them started one, two, three years ago. But the moment that you have that recipe, that you're able to create good online stores, you can come up with more concepts. You can enter other verticals. You can help others, right? So I think it's important to try, right? For example, one of... Also, one of our favorite partners, right? Um, actually, relative of Steve C, Charles, uh, he's now doing a beautiful project. It's called Dropify, where he works with a lot of small entrepreneurs and he helps dropshipping drop for them. So basically, they give him the stocks and he handles the whole online experience for them. And this empowers today hundreds of entrepreneurs, but down the line, it will be thousands of them because basically... He specializes in providing a service for a lot of them. So that's why the beauty of online is that it's very early. Uh, there are so many opportunities. And the moment you're good at something, you're good at something in year eight. We've been around for eight years. We're going to be around for hundreds of years. So when you're good at something so early, when the market today, e-commerce penetration is still single digit, you can ride the wave. And we want to get people that, as entrepreneurs, they join us now and it's still early and they can multiply like steve i visited him in his warehouse three years ago right and it was a modest operation today he has state-of-the-art facilities he's driving like a bulldozer around a thirty thousand square meter warehouse because that's the power of riding the wave right uh it's it's a like we always say right the most powerful thing is an, an idea whose time has come and online is just getting started and you can be a pioneer. I love that. And, and have you said that, no? Uh, Petrus, Carlos, what do you think about it? Should people still do brick and mortar stores and then also have 
an online store or should they just go straight to doing online stores? What What is your opinion nowadays? I mean, do you do, you do brick and click or just go straight to click? Petrus, what about you? What, what do you think? You you've seen everything. You've been you've been in retail. I I, I saw your background. You were in retail. Yeah. Uh, right now, if you ask me, uh, it's easier to set up that online uh, sales channel. Of course, uh, you would like to be where all your customers are at the end of the day, right? So it's where your customers are. There, there you should be. So that's uh, the biggest rule out there, right? But uh, right now, during these times, when people are staying at home, how do you get that uh, your product into the hands of the customer? Right? How do you get yourself? How do you establish and continue to keep building that relationship with your customer? Right now, online is the easier way to go. But it doesn't mean that you should not uh, look at your offline options later on. Like, uh, like even a few years ago, you were already talking about the uh, omni-channel, uh, having everybody mm. going everywhere. But uh, in terms of uh, ROI, how much does it take for you to set up this online shop, right? And the thing is, with online shop, again, you have a big uh, customer base. Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao. Offline, how much? how many customers do you have, right? So um, what is your foot traffic if you want to like compare all those metrics, right? So if you see that, for me, try to open as much as you can because it's very different also for each kind of business. But going online is definitely uh, something that you should be thinking about if you are not thinking about right now. And if you have that option to go online right now, you should you should do it. Got that. Carlos, I'm sure you're going to chime in the same way, but what what are you thinking? So it really depends, right? We want to be the partner for everyone. It's what we always discuss. If we're even partnering with, with a beautiful concept like yours, there's always something we can touch. A lot of businesses are mostly offline, and it's good this way. We think that retail is here to stay as long as they create unique experiences. People will continue going out and enjoying experiences. But no matter what you're doing, you can always go online. We want to be a channel for everyone. If it's 5%, 10%, or 60%, it doesn't matter. We're here to add. We're here to help with parts of the process, right? So no matter what you do, what, what we want to do is to enable you to have a different channel, different audience. We're nationwide. Maybe you're a business in Metro Manila and you don't want to open in Mindanao. You can do it through us. A lot of our best entrepreneurs, all their local sales in the provinces are done through us, right? And then they have their stores here. Maybe you're a food business and what you want to do is to sell your groceries with us, but you will still want to keep your restaurants. Maybe you want to have coupons for your business or you want to be a partner that helps people live streaming. It's all about the opportunity. Uh, so we, we want to find ways and we want to help people driving their business, right? Okay. And, and having said that, um, in the next few years, what are you excited about? For Lazada and for the industry as a whole, what, what's what's keeping you uh, motivated? Uh, what's the next big thing that's that's keeping you excited for for Lazada, Petros? Uh, well, me because we I work really mostly on the seller side. So, what keeps me motivated? I'm looking forward to is that next seller who will be make it successful. So we do live for that for those moments where we see those uh, small businesses or even big brands who are successfully transitioning online. So every day, um, it's so exciting and so gratifying to see a lot of people do, being successful online. 
So we see uh, even large businesses like brands, brands coming online, uh, then telling us that, you know, our sales uh, doubled or uh, the percentage of our sales on your on Lazada is now like uh, 20% of the our of our uh, sales channel. And it allowed us to have, uh, I mean, it allowed us to maintain our level of sales in the past few months, even though a lot of shops are closed. So those stories are very important. To the small sellers, when we see like a, um, an MSME uh, selling out of Novaliches or uh, another city, then suddenly coming to us saying, okay, you know, um, can you have those uh, Lazada University courses where they teach us how to scale up? Because suddenly... Uh, they don't know now how to manage that business because it's so successful. So so those things are, are big for me. Now, if I say something that's looking forward to, I'm looking forward to like uh, e-commerce and the whole ecosystem growing more and more in the next few years. So we think that the customers who are who we've been able to get during the pandemic will stay as e-commerce customers. Mm-hmm. And the sellers who are already investing right now will be more successful in the future. Really great story. Thanks so much, Petros. And Carlos, what are you excited about for the next couple of uh, years for, for Lazada? Well, I'm, I'm very excited. I think there are a few big things that we want to we want to really unlock, right? The first, what Petros was mentioning, we want to get all the businesses. Um, second, we want to work a lot on our omni-channel efforts or our like, end-to-end um, having these different solutions like what we're doing together, a lot of our digital goods, a lot of unique things that people don't necessarily associate with Lazada. For example, we're working now on um, made-to-order type of products uh, where you can customize a bit so you can order these shoes or these bags or this furniture and just make it yours, right? We're working now with restaurants to do digital goods where you buy the coupon on Lazada and then you go and just tap and you automatically get your food, right? Uh, we're working on telco load, on travel solutions. We have a lot of different things that are going to change how people interact with the platform, right? Um, and I think lastly, where I'm really excited about is to continue helping the country and to continue giving opportunities, right? Um, we've been growing a lot our local sellers, even what we call the social sellers. So very curated sellers that do all this live stream, all these interactive experiences, uh, we have a bit of augmented reality, for example. Uh, for some lipstick brands, you can try the lipstick. You you take a picture wow. and it puts the color. So I think that much of having new technologies, but using it to, to enable and to empower all these local businesses is super important for us. Um, end of day, we know today e-commerce penetration in the Philippines is 5%. China is 40%. US is 30%. We will get there. And we want to do it with everyone. We want to do it by giving opportunities to all the local sellers and, and really elevating the country and the experience. And like you mentioned, right, the next big entrepreneurs out there, the next billionario uh, is, is there. The next billionario is Steve or a lot of our local sellers. And, and hopefully we can, we can really change a lot of lives and, and a lot of livelihoods. And it's time to ride the wave as we, as, as our e-commerce penetration actually increases. It, it did during this crisis. It actually accelerated. And that's good news for Lazada. And it's good news for those riding the wave. And having said all that one, the, the very special announcement is that I'm very happy to announce that uh, my company, Mercato Central, uh, we are the largest uh, night uh, food business incubator in the country. Unfortunately, uh, because of this crisis, our offline business had to close first, right? So, 
Um, all of our vendors didn't have a place to sell. But you know what? I was talking to Petros and Carlos just during this whole crisis. Petros and I were talking from the very start of this crisis since March and April going online. So now I'm very happy to announce that uh, we're going to be joining uh, Mercato Central. We'll be having a marketplace, a Mercato Central and Lazada marketplace, where we'll be bringing together all of our Mercato vendors, but not just Mercato vendors. We're bringing together all small online home-based vendors who need help because they might be approaching you uh, separately but what we realize is that just like you guys in Mercato, our job is incubating. We help small food vendors grow. We help them with their marketing and operations so that they can just focus on making good food. But we help grow that business. And we're looking forward to doing that together uh, with Lasada. So Petros and Carlos, thanks so much for your support in helping bring together this uh, Mercato and Lasada marketplace. I'm very, very thankful for not just for me, but also for all the vendors whose dreams you're helping fulfill, helping them get back on their feet. Uh, that's very important. And I want to let you guys know that here in uh, Mercato Central, what we're doing is that every time somebody makes a purchase of food, we're also helping a, uh, a group called Save the Children Philippines. They have a project called Project Aral, where we donate a portion of our earnings uh, to children from low-income families and with disabilities so that they can have access to alternative educational platforms so like I said, uh, we're, helping people, uh, we're helping people get back on their feet uh, during this crisis. So again, thanks so much, guys. Uh, I really appreciate this one. I'm hoping to ride the wave with you guys, help more entrepreneurs, not just here. Like you said, our storefront, might, we might be in Manila, but we can help food entrepreneurs in Luzon, besides Mindanao. Who knows? This will be a, uh, a nationwide mercato. Thanks again, Carlos, our Chief Operating Officer. Uh, of Lasad and thanks so much for supporting all the MSMEs as you know MSMEs are very close to my heart and that's my biggest advocacy uh, here on the RJ Ledesma podcast again guys thanks so much for listening to the RJ Ledesma podcast again if you've got any guests whom you want to hear about or hear from in the next couple of episodes please do let me know drop me a message again my name is RJ Ledesma again guys enjoy the rest of your evening thanks so much pabuhay ang entrepreneur thank you Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.